This is The Playbook. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs, The Playbook, and I have a master of perception. The mentalist himself, Oz Perlman, is here with me, president at Magic of Oz, Inc. Welcome to The Playbook, my friend. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me on. You know, I speak around the world, and when I started speaking, I would always have a mentalist, a perception uh, expert, as I called them, uh, to set the stage for two reasons. One, you know, I love to deal in the participation in a perception, and I think it's one of the secret sauces of my speaking career is I get people to participate in my perception. Um, and I think at its core, you're a master and expert at participating in people's perception without them even trying uh, to have you participate in it. Uh, but even moreover, it's the energy of it. It's uh, a really great way uh, to get an audience engaged and in a collective consciousness as well, because obviously you have to be on the same frequency uh, or wavelength in order to do what you do. At what age did you start uh, understanding how this quote unquote mentalist type of uh, participation really worked and you started to, to seek out, you know, as an Emmy award winning uh, person, a celebrity, it's just amazing. You know, when did this start for you? So I started doing magic when I was 13 years old. Um, you know, everyone says they call it get bit by the bug. I saw a magician, I was blown away. I was obsessed, literally borderline OCD at this point where I had a deck of cards. I even got a waterproof deck of cards and would have it in the shower in the pool because I was a swimmer. So we're talking psycho, but like mentalism is a funny, quirky thing. Most people don't know what it is. They don't know, are you a psychic? Is this supernatural? No, I'm using kind of the same tools and skills that I would say a really good salesperson or a really good speaker such as yourself uses to engage an audience. And you know, what am I selling? I'm selling the idea that I can read minds. Now, can I actually read minds? No, it's not psychic or supernatural. But most of what we communicate is nonverbal. And if you can tap into that in a certain way, many of us do it. You know when your kids are lying to you. You know what I'm saying? You can detect BS from a mile away. I can detect it from halfway around the world, let's just say. But what I've done is I've studied how people behave. And magic is a tool for that because think about card tricks or think about like David Copperfield making an elephant disappear. The elephant didn't really vanish. What changes your perspective and misdirection and knowing how to make somebody look here when you're doing something fishy here. Uh, and kind of magic is more of a prop heavy performance, which I'm not knocking, I love magic, but I wanted to get rid of the props. And the more and more props that you get rid of, the more and more you have to rely on yourself and simply speaking, engaging the crowd. Um, I like to say that if they lose my suitcase, I can still do a show for thousands of people. And I have because I'm the show. Props aren't my show. It's me connecting with an audience on an emotional level and proving to them that I know how they'll behave, how you know predictable people can be even when they think they're being unpredictable. And how much of this applies to, I know your background is similar to mine, it seems as if you grew up with you know, divorced parents who believe yeah. uh, you know, doctor, lawyer, engineer, or failure. Uh, and I'm sure yeah. within the, uh, the culture of your family background, going to University of Michigan uh, and you know, ending up as a mentalist, uh, is probably the farthest thing uh, from your parents' expectation when you entered uh, your engineering degree at Michigan. That's, I mean, it's very true. I didn't have the normal, I mean, you said it. I think a lot of uh, like the best comedians, which is my favorite form of entertainment, 
it's born of trauma. There's something there that wasn't perfect. And you had to, you know, let's say you were the kid in the house. There were five brothers and sisters. You had to get attention somehow. You better be funny or you better be scrappy. So I think in my case, my folks split when I was 13, right around the same time. And this filled a void where I could have gone down a bunch of different paths. Uh, and I think this was where I put my obsession into instead of kind of dealing with a lot of those feelings, which are really big at the time. And it allowed me to also get kind of, you know, if you're getting in the weeds, like father figures, like other magicians were teaching me. I was getting that mentorship, that kind of attention. Uh, and honestly, I have an engineer's mind. I, I'm an entertainer, but I would say I'm much more of a salesperson, business person. And I went to school for engineering. I like to solve problems. And all I'm doing is reverse engineering the human mind. When you get to a fork in the road and you think, do I go left or right? I know what you're going to do. I know what you're going to do before you do. And if you change your mind, I got you to do it. So I know that sounds insane, but that's what I've spent 25 plus years of learning how to do. Uh, it doesn't work every time, but it works a lot of the time and enough for me to thankfully have made a good living. And, and like you said, made somewhat of a name for myself doing a very unique craft. And I know we're going to get to some examples of it, which will make this podcast sure. extremely unique. Um, but there's a few things I want to talk about as well that parallel, you know, some of the empowerment things that I teach uh, people. And you talk about fooling people. And I sure. talk about overselling, lying, manipulating, or cheating. And some of your best videos, as well as mine, are ones of uh, illumination, uh, which is, you know, a really valuable tool to illuminate not only the perceptive power that we have and you know the art of mentalists, but even moreover, the illuminating of when we screw up. Sure. Uh, and I noticed some of my favorite videos, and I've watched you for a, a long time, um, you know, are when you are just completely vulnerable and you, you kind of mess up. And I think a lot of people just love the fact that, hey, look, I love participating in the perception of a mentalist. But I also love, you know, coming back to reality saying, hey, this is entertainment. And, right. you know, this is a person that's extremely intelligent, just like a comedian, which is my favorite format as well, which is one when my parents broke up. Uh, I still get blamed by my, I have, you know, five siblings. Oh, that, wow. You got a big family. My mom's having some mental challenges as getting older. You know, when I get to be in a painful set of circumstances, I resort to humor and my Harvard brother graduated summa cum laude, who's extremely black and white and unemotional, you know, is, you know, completely disparaging and, you know, projects that onto me going, this isn't funny. Well, right. you know, it probably is not funny, but this is how I deal with shit that's not funny. You right. Deal with shit that's not funny in a different way. Um, What's better? What's better it? to cry or to laugh? My mom would say it's better to laugh. You know, it's better I to laugh so. than to cry. I, I think so. But on the respect of illumination, you know, how does that play an integral role in, you know, being an entertainer and a mentalist? So you said it as I fool people, but honestly, I would think of it as like, if, let's say you're taking a medication, you're taking a medication for a certain reason. That's a side effect. Really important. My goal is not to fool you. It's a side effect. If I fool you, great. If I don't, doesn't matter. My true goal when I'm performing is to create memorable moments. I want you to be talking about me a year from now and a decade from now. And the only way I'm gonna do that is generally speaking, something that I learned early on is turn the camera away from me and turn it on my audience. And what do I mean by that? My audience is the star of my show, which sounds hacky cliche, but it truly is the case. 
Nobody wants to see how good I am at a card trick because they go, oh, I don't know how you did that. And it becomes a challenge of mental disposition. I'm better than you at something. That's not what I want. I want to explain to my audience as I go little bits and pieces of how I'm doing things. So they're engaged. They become emotionally invested. And now the things I guess are never things like what card did you think of? Because who cares? I tell people things that there's no way I could know about them. They will think about, you know, the first girl they ever kissed or when they were seven years old, their pet did something crazy and stole, you know, mom's engagement ring. Where do we find it? And they go, how could you know this? I haven't told this story to anyone. And that's when you have stories that you will tell for years to come. Um, those really great moments that also bring you together. Like a lot of my world is the same as yours. I, I perform at corporate events. And I just did an event for a pharmaceutical company, huge Fortune 100 company with an incoming CEO that was brand new. And here's the value proposition I gave them. Yes, I hope it was entertaining. Yes, it was fooling, all of that. But what I did is I had the CEO involved in one of my performances, tricks, whatever you want to call it. And I gave that CEO a moment where at the end of the show, people that did not know that person, they didn't know him, could walk up to him joking and be like, oh my God, how did you do that? And you knew the thing. And now somebody can walk up to him and he told me, he wrote me a personal note afterwards. He goes, forget all the other stuff. He goes, I had a hundred people come up to me in the day after that spoke to me that I now have a story to tell with them for the next year or two or who knows how long that I wouldn't have had otherwise. You broke that ice for me. You gave me like a value far greater than anything you could have given with a trick. And I go, that's why I'm there. Literally, that's not a byproduct. That's what I'm doing for my clients um, is creating those memorable moments that you'll, you'll talk about. And that's the foundation of a good business relationship. Yeah, it's amazing how well you articulate the quantitative value in what you do to exceed what you're asking for. And, you know, obviously you have been touted on so many big shows, your own show and award-winning shows, and even coming back in January in 2020 to the champions edition of America's Got Talent. Thank you. A, a lot of great entertaining moments and, you know, mind-blowing, rememberable, reminding and recollecting moments that really bring us together. And if somebody would ask me the value of O's in a corporate setting, it is exactly that. He is a master of remembrance, recollection, and reminding, uh, which is so important in a corporate culture to bring us together, to unify us in that system of thought that is infinite and abundant, that can be utilized as a catalyst to great revenue, uh, great value to others, and of course, you know, enjoying our daily activity we get paid for. All right, so we got enough background and foundation laid. Let, let's prove, you know, what you do. They have Meltzer's like enough talk. Where's the shtick, baby? Exactly, let's see. Let's, he, let's, I've seen it on TV, but I don't buy it. Here's the it's all talk to me. Normal, it's all BS. Right? You're I like me. I, He's I a sports agent. He's like, you better deliver the goods. Talk about this. They're going to be like, that was the most, I have 1400 episodes, right? Like, I know I've seen the, the Ray Lewis's and they love the Cameron Diaz's and the Brett Favre's, whoever. But, you know, this is a first for the Here's what I want. Yeah. I want a unique moment that's spontaneous and impulsive. So here's what I want you to do, Dave Meltzer. I want you right now, in this moment, here and now, to think of somebody close to your heart. Right now, it could be family, it could be a friend, somebody you would say you talk to on a somewhat regular basis. Can you think of somebody right now? Yeah. Now, listen to me, on the surface, right? If I were to guess that person's name or the relation to you, you think that would be amazing, right? Your listener would be like, oh my God, how you do? But here's the problem. And I like to always pose this question to my audience, which is be skeptical. One, you're a public figure. I could look you up, right? And if you're going inner circle, maybe the mishpuch, I could find out who you might've thought of. You might be predictable. So if I do that, I'm telling you that wouldn't be impressive. 
So I want to switch the tone of it. In fact, I want to go back in time. Here's what, if I were to ask you, and I want everyone to know this, to go back in time to somebody you haven't talked to in years, right? Maybe elementary school, middle school, but you don't even know where this person is in the world much now. That's a different question. Do you agree? That's even your wife would not know who you would have thought of. Do you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. Now, now let's say we do this. I put you on the spot here. And what you did is what a lot of people do that I find are great at business. They have options. If you're negotiating a big deal, right? When you hear hesitation in a negotiation or a pause, it's, it tells you so much. So you look, look, you did this and you went side to side. Look at your head, you went side to side. It's like a boxer. And when I told you, think of that person, you were debating. You had two people in mind and you're like, Ugh, I don't know which one to go with. Um, and I think the, these are both boys, correct? These are two, I think from elementary school, middle school, but are, is this a boy and a girl? It's two boys. Two boys. If it was a girl, you might've smiled. You might be in trouble even. All right, I want you to think of one of those people right now, lock in, zero in on this person. Yep. Okay. And, and, and here's what we do on this. Think of in your head, how many letters are in this person's first name, but don't say it out loud, just in your brain, count it to yourself. Okay. Now you, you watch, he was nodding his head. And I think what you end up doing is you went with the name. You thought of two people, you went with the name that was longer of the two, am I right? Yes. Because it took you longer to count, took you longer to count. When was the last time you have spoken to this person? Probably uh, 25 years ago. Maybe. 25 years ago. <laughs> I put Dave Meltzer on the spot say, think of anybody you haven't talked to in years. 25 years. You haven't thought of this person before today forever. Think of the name. Think of it. Look at me. It starts. It sounds like you're biting your lip. Something with an F. It's not Francisco. Faison? Is it Faison? Uh, yeah. It's, Fa <laughs> it's, uh, it's Faison Love who is actually a famous actor now. Phase on love. No way anybody would ever think of that. The reason I chose him is we've been friends for a very long time, you know, a long time ago, but it's such a weird name. I'm like, there's no way. I mean, how many Faison's do you know? I don't know any. Wait, wait, Dave Meltzer, I'm taking this to the next level. What are the odds of getting in the NBA? So small, but yeah. what are the odds of becoming LeBron? One of one. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that pad of paper, do you have a pad of paper or something yeah. around you? you got an office? Yeah. And I want you to write down the name of the other person you thought of. Don't yeah. let me see it. Write down the other person's name. Okay. Now, here's the difference. You asked me, what's my field? What do I do? I like to change it up. I like to take it to the next level, which is you thinking of somebody you haven't talked to in 25 years, not enough for me. I want to see what happened when you changed your mind. Because that's, that's the biggest ticket item possible. How could I know something you didn't even know? You changed your mind right there. You thought of somebody. I think this kid is around fourth grade. It's not an actor. It's somebody you didn't even know. You don't even know why popular. Brad, did you write down the name Brad? Show it to the camera. <laughs> I want everyone who's listening on the podcast to know he wrote down Brad. He's showing it to the camera. He might have fainted. Somebody call 911. David Melcher <laughs> might be going to the hospital. <laughs> This is why I love this shit. It's amazing. And, but what I love is how you can explain it. You don't put a false facade, you know, onto it. It's literally you, you know, are reading me and, you know, understanding exactly what I was thinking, not just the names, but like how I decided on the names and, you know, look, anybody could think of a name, Brad, Brad, Brad is uh, the la last friend I had when I moved from Ohio to San Diego. 
in the fourth grade. You don't have to grade. tell me. I know. I know. I know. You don't but have to tell me. In the fourth grade, I just went to someone else. Like, like, and forget about anyone even thinking of a guy named Faison because he's, you know, uh, he is an actor. Has been in a few movies. He's he's was in the movie Elf. He's the big security guard. Faison Love, by the way. No way. We're, everyone's IMDBing him next. Yeah, yeah. F A I Z O N. But uh, you know, I haven't even thought of Brad. So um, that that is absolutely amazing, man. I just uh, thank you. I and look the the other part of it too is like people can they have the same superpower as you do and we may subconsciously play off of understanding this emotional intelligence and adaptable intelligence that you know you've almost quantified uh by watching someone so closely and understanding these characteristics um is there anything else that people can utilize i know you speak to a lot of corporations and yeah. we're both blessed to be on the same stages which is part of my awareness of you, we do completely different things. Um, right. But what are some of the other values quantitatively that you can bring to a company, uh, you know, not only creating this collection, remembrance, reminding of, of unity, uh, but are there some sales techniques or some other things that you deal with in the corporate world that bring value to a corporation? Yeah, honestly, this is the year that I've been, I've been thinking about this. I turned 40 this past year and it's been in the back of my head. I'm starting to write a book where that's exactly what I want to flesh out. I want to give you all the skills that are not necessarily, you're not going to go read minds, but I'm calling them soft social skills and ways to hack your own brain. Because my whole job is getting inside other people's heads, right? Learning their tells. But I would say for the vast majority of people, the number one thing blocking you from what you want is success, whatever you quantify as success, whether that's monetary, whether that's family, whether that's within your career or relationships, is yourself. Almost always, you're creating those limitations on yourself. And if you can overcome them, if you can figure out kind of how to get inside your own head effectively, those are the skills I want to impart because this is all window dressing. When I walk into a room and blow people's minds, yes, that's what I'm selling. That's kind of the sizzle. But the stake is what we talked about. It's that interaction. It's that connecting with somebody on an emotional level where they leave feeling great, remembering you. And that's the superpower, is how do you do that in your day-to-day -day life? You don't have to do tricks. How do you walk into a room and instantly know people's names? How do you have a great way to connect with them? You've always met those people who walk into a room and everyone gravitates towards them. What is that, that magnetic pull? I think that's something you can create. Even if you don't have it naturally, there's a set of tools you can put in place to do that. And again, everyone's different as to what they decide is their goal. You know, for some people, it's I want to run a marathon. For some people, it's I want to get a raise. I want to be my boss's boss. Like everyone has some sort of goal. Putting in the right steps into place to achieve those goals is kind of what I want to help people do. And look, we could do a whole bunch of instances and I'm going to have you on to other platforms to do more quote unquote, uh, exhibitions of mentalists the uh, tricks you can call them tricks everyone's always I like what do i tricks. call it i, I, I feel I, like I'm it's so bad at calling tricks when they, i feel like arrested cards, development when it's cards i get it's a trick yeah yeah this is such a high-end trick uh, right because like i'm still in my mathematical mind you know who, who like fights between reality and perception i'm like how does he know like brad <laughs> I, I don't know but like that's a, common, that's a common Damn it, name. Brad, Brad's a common name, but nobody's named Faison. And so there's no way, even if Faison was the most famous person in the world, you would have picked that I would know Faison, you know, right. let alone be thinking him. So that's what's so incredible. I'm going to move in a different direction to finish up only because of time. Sure. Um, 
one of the other values that I see today beyond corporate settings is with entrepreneurs. And you represent something that I love. Uh, and what it is, is people follow your skills, your knowledge and your desire and apply it uh, to where you want to be. So, cause a lot of people come to me, I ran the most notable sports agency in the world. And they'll say, Mr. Belcher, how do I get a job in sports? I go, you can't get a job in sports. Sports is a right. backdrop, right? Yep. Because like you could have a job in sports. You could be the mentalist at, you know, uh, stadiums and arenas before the game. That's a right. job in sports, but you really represent to me someone that uh, really delved into the skills, the knowledge and the desires that you had and applied it. Uh, how can you help people that may be stuck in a nine to five? They may have overbearing Jewish parents, <laughs> you know, doctor, lawyer, you know, they're sitting, they're 55 years old. They're sitting in a law office, making more money than they've ever dreamed of, but right. never been more miserable in their life. And yet they've developed great skills, knowledge, but they have different desire. How do you help those people today to break out of that, you know, tube living, food in, food out living right. in, into what you and I get to experience every day of, you know, passion, purpose, and profitability? Well, I can't do like without, there's gotta be some gratitude in it because we're in such a lucky position to be doing what we love and earning livings doing it, which is just in the pantheon of the world and in the history of humanity. It's just, I feel like I've won the lottery. I'm not even saying that to be cliche. I literally feel as if I've won the lottery of life. You know, health is wealth and having a family and being able to do what I love. Every time I go to work, I love it. Even if like the flight got delayed, they lost my suitcase, you know, <laughs> end of the day, I get up on that stage, I'm alive. I'm doing something that I adore doing. And I think the name of your podcast says it, which is playbook. And for a lot of these things, there is no playbook. So let's say you want to be a lawyer. You know what? You go to, you go to school, undergrad, you take the LSATs, boom, you do well in law school. You're a lawyer, right? For a lot of these things that you just described, which is an entrepreneur, or you wanna have a podcast, or you wanna have some sort of other career where you are the equity boss. You don't tell somebody else, you know, what should I do? You're your own boss, which is, I think for a lot of people, the holy grail. I think that the playbook is finding and seeking mentors or people that are where you wanna be one, three, five, ten years from now. And that secret sauce is how do you get that person to share that knowledge with you? Because I have found at, to the highest echelons of people that are successful, not in my own field, but people that I've met that are billionaires, people that have run major, major companies, hedge funds, private equity firms, you name it, they're willing to share with you when you approach them in the right way and learning how to do that right bit of being persistent without being a pest, also complimenting people and realizing that at the end of the day, everyone's just another person. You put someone on a pedestal, I don't care who you meet, Warren Buffett, they're just a person, just like you are, and everyone's figuring out as it goes. And at the end of the day, we all have a stop clock that's gonna end one day. So you gotta maximize your time. And I've found that finding that right way to be gracious and complimentary and say to somebody, hey, I love X, Y, Z that you've done and do a little more homework than just the person who gave them the top level thing on their Wikipedia. Or really show that you put in the time and effort that you care about what they've done. And I find people will, will sense that, they will know it. And that, that's when I'm able to say, hey, let me take you out to lunch and pick your brain. And I always am very well aware of a give and take in a relationship. If you're always taking, what value are you providing to this other person? And there's people I mentor in my own field, entertainers, and I always want them to understand like the best way is a few years from now, I'll give to you, but I'm hoping that in the future, there will be a relationship where it's not gratuitous. You find a way to give back to me. Uh, and I'm not saying that to be catty or cage or transactional, but that's the only way things are gonna grow. And I found the most value is learning from others. 
if you kind of think you have all the answers, you're going to fail. There's everybody, any field, doesn't matter what you could be. You could be an athlete, you know, in a single sport like track and field, you're going to learn from others. You're going to have a coach. You're going to have your teammates. Um, uh, yeah, I think those are the biggest things I've taken away from the last 20 years of doing this and, and learning from others' mistakes instead of just making my own. I love it. And I look at, you know, this symbolic, you know, always reaching up to those people that sit in a situation that you want to be in, but also having a hand behind you, pulling those people who'd like to be in your situation well, creating that community of people who want to help each other and know people who can help each other. Um, right. After you are. I will just add before we end real quickly, I know this is one of my longer podcasts, but it's a testament to how enjoyable it's been. Uh, I always used to joke around and we could say this is two uh, nice Jewish boys, but I would tell my friends that had parents as Holocaust survivors, I said, right. survivors, I said, wow, you know, like talk about a difficult situation, you know, obviously yeah. you know, for them, but as a child, you know, there is no whining to a parent. Right. <laughs> I don't want to go here. Oh, let me tell you, you're right. late about that. Right. Like I could imagine, but I, you know, I've always looked and say, what's worse you know, I think having a mentalist as a parent may be just as bad. Oh, as man. <laughs> <laughs> They're not getting anything by me. No, no. It's like, uh, you want to rethink that for a minute? I got three teenage daughters. So uh, wow. if you uh, pay for consultative services, uh, on, uh, <laughs> let's get on Zoom with Uncle O's. You know, I, I'm not buying I'm not buying this story. Let's just see what Uncle O's has to say. But it's a whole nother stream of revenue for you, for any of the fathers with teenage daughters. Why even take a chance? Let's just figure it out by the expert you are the expert uh understanding and, receiving and quite entertaining you i'm gonna be up all night trying to figure out how the hell you came up with phase on but beyond that everyone corporations entrepreneurs uh dads with teenage daughters you have to check out the president at magic of o's inc that's him the mentalist himself o's perlman thank you for joining me and sharing your playbook to success here on the playbook